You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 104. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. And as always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here for the next 20, 30 minutes. You know, I'm trying to figure out ways, and I'm not trying as much as I am creating ways, to deliver these growth mindset-oriented strategies to you in a way that draws a clear connection to what it is you are experiencing in college, on campus, with your professors, with other people there on, you know, in your groups, in your clubs, in your organizations. And so I have really been diving into better ways of communication for you all. And I want to talk today about constructing connection and how you really are the master of your own communication and how you choose to communicate. And last week, diving into hierarchy versus territorial orientation, external versus internal motivation, really thinking about those in a way that sometimes we don't even we don't even know to think about, right? Like we don't know what we don't know until we finally learn it. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that my extroverted external validation had a lot to do with my hierarchy ter- orientation or that being a territorial oriented person meant that I was internally validating myself and introverted And look at all these different ways I can now utilize this information. And so I want you to really step into this feeling when I say mastering communication is something that you can begin to really visualize in yourself. And when you see opportunities to communicate at a deeper, more profound level, you seize them. And you realize that it's all about application and evaluation. You know, I have a lot of these empowerment discovery sessions with you all, the listeners of the College Success Habits podcast, as well as the From Sobriety to Recovery podcast, as well as, you know, when I go and I speak at small businesses and entrepreneurs and, and real estate agents and everybody, everywhere I speak and colleges soon, soon, please, soon, let's let this whole thing start back up. And there's all these different opportunities for me to communicate. And I get very curious when I meet new people. I want to ask lots of questions about them and understand more about them. And for so many of you, when I get you on the phone, uh, you're dying for me to learn more about you because you have been learning in my own little way about me for 104 episodes. And so I wanted to introduce you to the ways that I really pay attention to the way I communicate and the things that I seek to master in my own communication. And when I first started putting this show together, I thought, you know, this would be very beneficial for when you go up against, uh, not up against, okay, it was not a battle, but whenever you have a meeting with a professor or a mentor or the person in charge of helping you organize your thesis or a boss 
um, the president of your fraternity or sorority, or if you get yourself in a smidge bit of trouble, you're a lawyer. <laughs> you know, whatever it might be, you're going to come across a lot of opportunities in college to begin to practice your communication skills with people who have taken on an air of authority, people who are in charge of guiding you along your journey. And when you move on into the working world, yes, most of us started off low men on the totem pole, low woman on the totem pole, low person on the totem pole, and worked their way up. And in order to do that, you are going to communicate with a ton of different kinds of humans, a ton of different kinds of people. I often like to say that um, just because you've been doing something for a long time does not make you good at it. And that can be said for a lot of people who are managers and bosses. I spent over 15, 20, close to 20 years in the hospitality industry. And I can tell you firsthand that a majority of the managers I came across were not good at their jobs, but because they stayed there, they just naturally got promoted because the people who were truly ambitious and truly driven and really good would leave and go on and, and would actually, you know, eventually they'd go from like managing a TGI Fridays to like owning their own super amazing restaurant in Las Vegas. Or they'd go from managing, you know, a couple servers at the banquet department of a hotel. And before you know it, they've had an F&B at a different place. Those managers are like, oh, I've been here 20 years. I'm like, oh, so you were the stupid, lazy one, and you realized that, so you stayed. <laughs> Knowing full well that attrition would eventually mean that you got to be the boss, and now you are not a good boss. And I don't mean to call people stupid and, and lazy, but it, it you will notice this. So I'm just calling a spade a spade. Just, I'm just calling it out for what it is. You will notice that there are people who are in authority positions who do not deserve to be in those authority positions. And when that happens, you're going to want to communicate with them in a way that connects you to, regardless of what you think their abilities are to be the person in charge of you. So let's run through what, and honestly, I really, really see the benefits of this whenever you're talking um, to your professors, when you're talking to people that can help guide you along in your college experience. Whether you're traditional or non-traditional, you are going to come across Lots of people who can offer you a helping hand, and I want you to be able to utilize that in the most effective way, not in a manipulative way, but in a way that influences them to, to want, to desire to help you. Because when hundreds of students are approaching the same professor every semester, how are you going to stand out and be that person that they take a special liking to? Because there's going to be a moment in your college career where you're going to need someone who understands that we're all human, we all make mistakes, and to give you a second chance. And your communication with them is going to be imperative to instigate that desire in them. So let's talk about four different ways that you can begin to construct connection. So that the next time you want to communicate something at work, um, something at school, something in a class, something within your, one of your organizations, you'll be able to take some time beforehand and really plan what you're going to say before you speak. I mean, even just that minute that it takes you to walk off the elevator to your professor's office is plenty of time to run yourself through these four different criteria that I have singled out as being extremely important in making sure that your communication opportunities become something that you really do construct into a, a very connective moment between the two of you. 
or many people if you're going to give a speech in front of a crowd. So let's dive in because I want to get you out of here on the quick, quick so you can go off and be amazing at life and you can start applying this and utilizing it in your life right now. So first and foremost, and this honestly, this very first one is just a standard as far as I'm concerned. You need to be working out your goals beforehand. You need to be thinking about the outcome that you desire before any communication. It's like, what is the outcome that you want? You could be thinking about this as you unlock your front door and you know your roommates on the other side of it and they leave their shoes and clothes all over the place. You want to decide what your goal is beforehand. What outcome are you seeking to achieve while talking to this professor? And I'm just going to stick with the professor angle on this because that's what I first thought of whenever I was organizing this. Again, this works for any boss or any roommate or any loved one or, you know, a fraternity member, sorority sister, whatever. It can work for everyone. But we're going to just single this out with a professor because I really think communications with professors was what helped me so much in college whenever I showed up to class so often, still hung over, and in some cases still drinking. And uh, what what allowed them to just see something in me that I didn't even see. And they really did offer me helping hands and more more second chances than I could count. So work out your goal beforehand. What result do you want to have happen because of this interaction? And the specifics of this are extremely important, right? Do you want to get the professor to agree to give you an extension on a paper? Do you want the professor to agree to help you find the tutor? Do you want the professor to agree to uh, copy edit your paper for you so that you can make sure that you get a better grade? Do you just want the professor to agree to see you the next time you have a problem? What outcome are you seeking? Right? If you missed the test, then the outcome might be pretty obvious. You want them to let you take the test even though they clearly stated if you don't make this class, you're screwed. Right? So that's a pretty easy outcome there. But then what's the, what's the outcome beyond that outcome? Do you want to have a communicative moment so they understand where you are coming from, what was going on in your life? You're taking personal responsibility. You're being at cause and realizing that you create your own reality. So traffic was bad, and that's why I was late to class. I mean, that's not going to cut it because you could have left earlier. You could have gotten on campus earlier. I don't care if the class is at 7 a.m. You could have gotten to class earlier. So make sure that you're at cause. And you realize that you're the one creating your circumstances. Don't go in there with a bunch of excuses for why you didn't do something. Blaming traffic, blaming roommates, blaming family members, blaming the weather, help blaming the fact that you were born. You're not that person anymore. You're stepping into becoming an empowered creator of your life, not a victim of what happens around you, of the circumstances you are creating favorable circumstances for yourself. So think about the goal beforehand and step into personal responsibility. Accept responsibility for being late. Accept responsibility for not being prepared. Accept the responsibility. The moment you start tossing it off and blaming others, is whenever that professor is going to be looking over at you like you're full of it, you don't deserve a second chance because you can't even take responsibility for how you created this system. You created this situation. You created this circumstance. You're seeking to have me all of a sudden help you through. Your emergency is not somebody else's priority. 
Your emergency is your emergency alone. I don't care if you're talking to a waiter at a restaurant and you're trying to make a movie and you sit down and you're like, hey, we got 35 minutes before the movie starts. Can we get our food in, in 10 minutes? You can go to hell. You should have gotten here sooner or go to McDonald's because, sorry, most restaurants are not going to be able to get your food out in 20, 25 minutes and have it taste anywhere modicumly delicious. And then you're going to be able to somehow make it to that movie after eating your dinner for 10 minutes. Like reevaluate your priorities in that moment. Is having a delicious meal well, your priority or is it making the movie? Accept the responsibility. Running up to the ticket counter and be like, oh my God, I'm almost, I'm going to miss my flight. I got here late and there was traffic and the Uber guy got lost and all this other stuff. I know people get to the, 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 to the theater, to the airport three and a half hours before their flight. You're going to be on your phone anyways. You're going to be sitting at home reading a book. Like just get up earlier. Get there earlier. Whatever you need to do when you're not at the airport, nowadays with telecommunications and technology being what it is, you can do that same stuff at the airport. So you remember that your emergency is not somebody else's priority. The same thing goes with your professor. Your screw-up is not their responsibility to fix. They can offer you assistance. They can be there as much as they can be for you without showing favoritism. And some may still show favoritism. But don't go in expecting favoritism. Communicate in a way that influences them to want to be of service to you. They want to see you pass. You need to communicate how much you also want to see yourself pass. And these are the kind of goals you want to work out beforehand. Number two, be curious about the other person. I know it's your professor. And you think that they only exist to help you get a good grade so that you can move on. But they've got a lot of experience. They've seen hundreds and hundreds, thousands and thousands of students. So be curious about their perspective, right? Seek to understand how they are organizing their life, right? What, 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 sense, what, what sensory specific language are they using? Are they using a lot of feeling, touching words, a lot of hearing visual or visual words, Are they using words that have something to do with taste or smell? That gives you an insight in how they're experiencing their world. And you can then be like, oh, okay, he's being very visual. You could utilize more visual words or more, he or she's using a lot of words that have to do with sound. So utilize words back at them that mirror sound. This is really great, you know, and I teach this in my NLP class, how you can use the five senses to communicate to people at an unconscious level so that they naturally feel drawn to you, so that you magically build rapport. That's what you're seeking to build with your professor is rapport. So what beliefs or values, what, which one of the five senses is, is, is guiding them in your conversation? You know, how are they experiencing that conversation with you? Right? Do they seem hurried? Are they are they looking you in the eye? Are they looking away a lot? Are they talking really slow? Match and mirror, right? Just behave more according to how they're behaving, and you will magically build rapport. I couldn't do I might do a whole episode just on rapport, but it's amazing. Amazing how much rapport can play into that professor deciding to want to be a part of your success. Pay attention to all of the feedback. Number three, pay attention to all the feedback that they give you. Right? Pay attention to the kind of responses you're receiving from your questions and from your answers. 
Don't go on 17-minute long diatribes like I like to do on this podcast. Don't go on these long, drawn-out explanations. Be succinct in your wording so that they get, your, they get a clear message from you. And if they drone on for 17 minutes, then summarize what you think you heard them say and repeat it back to them and then ask, did I hear you correctly? Is this an accurate representation of what you just said to me? Be very clear. Don't be afraid of them saying no. You won't look foolish if you ask them to clarify. You will look foolish if they think you took in what they just said and then you go off and do something completely different. Well, I thought you said this. I assumed you said that. Well, you shouldn't have. You should have asked for clarity. So pay attention to their feedback because there is no failure. There is only feedback. If they give you feedback about how you could have done it, uh, quote unquote, better, or if they give you feedback on how it didn't go well, then you say, great, I, I, take, that, I take that feedback, and now I ask you, what could I have done better next time? One of my favorite questions to ask phone operators, like uh, customer service reps, or uh, somebody I've called for assistance, one of my favorite questions when I finish it off the conversation right before we get ready to say goodbye to one another is I say this, is there anything other people have asked you that I just don't know to ask you? Cause I don't know what I don't know. And I say it that exact cadence. Is there anything I haven't asked you that other people have asked you that I don't know? I don't know. Right? And you you say it that way, and you you say the word, I don't know, multiple times, they'll start to seek in their own mind how to answer that question. And I get some amazing answers from people. I had this the other day with my business. I had to call the, the state tax advisory board. And I asked this woman that. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, now that you mentioned it, when people go on the website, they often don't know what uh, options to click to make sure they're paying the right bill. So here's the three things you need to make sure are checked off. Boy, am I glad she said that or I'd had a guess. I probably wouldn't have guessed correctly. But she didn't even think to tell me that till I asked the question. Is there anything else that I didn't ask that other people have that I don't know I don't know? And I'm telling you, it is gold. And that is where you're going to get some amazing feedback. You're going to get some amazing advice. You're going to get a really good insight into how that person really can help you. So ask your professor that. Is there anything about this project? Is there anything about preparing for this test? Is there anything about this class I don't know to ask that other people have because I don't know what I don't know? And I'm telling you, the responses you'll get will often be so, so out left field, but so pertinent to what you really truly need to know to be successful that it'll blow your mind. And you will ask that question of everybody. Sometimes you get a, nope, nope, we've covered it all. Then awesome, that's great, but now you have clarity. And last but not least, keep experimenting, right? This is where we apply and evaluate, rinse, wash, and repeat. You keep experimenting. If what you're doing isn't working, try something different. if, If you keep doing what you've always done, you'll keep getting what you've always got. How else can you communicate something to your professor that may really connect with them, that really may really give them insight into how you're thinking, your determination, what it is you seek to know from this class, what it is you seek to experience from this class? How else can you communicate effectively? And then 
do it. Experiment. Apply it. Let them know. Hey, I want to make sure that when I have this meeting with you, my outcome is that I understand this material better and I, and I know that I am more prepared through this conversation for the upcoming test. You know, what is it that, you know, then this is where you can get curious in the past, whenever you've had students like me approach you with a similar question, what was the, what were the top three things that you wanted to make sure you talked to them about before they left you that day? I get curious about your professor. So you're knowing your goal beforehand. You're getting curious about the professor, their experience, their expertise, the personality traits that drive them so that you can connect to them. Pay attention to their feedback, especially, especially if it's the, if it's the undesirable slash negative kind. All, right? All feedback is helpful, especially that comes from an honest, caring place that tells you, hey, you didn't do good enough. Here's the way you can do better next time. Really pay attention to the feedback, especially the negative, undesirable feedback. If you feel internally, emotionally charged, like somebody just pinched you and you're like, ow, that did not feel good to hear, then that is exactly what you needed to hear in that moment. Because that's where you get the most feedback about your actual participation, your execution of the project, your study abilities, that is where you get absolute feedback, like real world helpful feedback from an honest place. Most people will just pat you on the head and say, you did such a good job. Yes, you did such a good job. Like you're some dog who just went potty in the grass and not the carpet. You want real actual feedback that really gives you insight into yourself and your behaviors and what you can do next time to be even more successful. And again, wrapping up this quick summary, keep experimenting, keep applying, keep evaluating, keep pushing yourself outside the box. Keep thinking about ways that you can understand your life. College in life does not have to be a struggle. Learning about how we orient ourselves within hierarchies or territories or how we validate ourselves or our personalities being inward or outward. Right? These are the kind of things that I bring to you because I want you to understand yourself at a more advanced level. I think everybody should be taught neurolinguistic programming, for which I'm a master practitioner and a trainer of, because it truly is the understanding of how your mind and your words create your reality. They don't describe your reality. And how your entire life is just one gigantic forever running computer programming with tens of thousands of apps running underneath the surface at all times. And you might tap into four or five of those consciously every single day. The rest of them are just running in the background. When we have these conversations like we just did, where you really get to think about your goals beforehand, getting curious about the other person, really paying attention to the feedback they give it, they give you and then experimenting through application and evaluation you tap in to the unconscious communication that is always going on between two individuals or two different parties this stuff's happening anyways it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not it's happening i don't know korean it doesn't make it any less of an actual language just because I don't understand it. It's the same thing with your mind. It's the same thing with your language. It's the same thing with the programming that's running you. Just because you don't believe it or just because you're not paying attention to it doesn't mean it's not happening. 
In fact, it's happening at such an unconscious level. You're going about life thinking it's fate when really your unconscious mind has already determined exactly how you're going to behave each and every single second of the day. And those rare chances whenever you get those blips in the matrix where you actually go against your normal grain, that's when you can pull back the curtain. That's when you can see the Wizard of Oz for who it truly is. It's some bloviated dude from Kansas who doesn't have any more control over the situation than you do, but he sure as hell fakes it well. So step into a place of empowerment where you actually are knowledgeably and actively paying attention and in control of your thoughts and your feelings so you can create the actions and the behaviors that lead to the results you desire. Now you know the four-step process to have a better communicative conversation with your professor. And again, you can extrapolate this out to any, any communication opportunity that you have in life. Any communication opportunity you have in life. Think about the goal beforehand. Get super curious and ask tons of questions of the other person. Really pay attention to the feedback they give you whether it be in their answers, their responses, or the questions, or their, or their retorts to what you say, whatever it is, pay attention to the feedback, and then keep applying, keep evaluating, keep pushing yourself all the way up. The College Success Habits book, The Seven Powerful Principles to Help You Excel in College and Beyond, was written specifically to offer you more opportunities to see possibility in your life. And this show is this gigantic continuation of that 120-some-odd-page book. You're in way more control of your life than people have led you to believe. Because every single day, you make thousands and thousands and thousands of choices. Now you have the choice to communicate, to communicate at a more connected level level because you know these four different elements now know the goal beforehand get curious about the other person embrace the feedback especially the negative and then experiment apply and evaluate there you go go be amazing connect with your professors they are there to help you they want to see you succeed but they also want to see you try they want to see you do. They want to see your effort. And when they experience what your effort really truly looks like when you put 100% forward, I promise you, when you go to talk to them, they're going to be excited to see you in their office because they're going to know you care. And if you don't even care, why on earth should they? As always, the power of positive energy, release and flow, inclusivity over exclusivity. Be amazing. Be splendid. Go out there. Take care of your business. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.